The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Well, why don't you hold your Bible, lift it up real high, and shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Today, I'll learn from God's Word, and my life will never be the same, because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Amen. And so we started a series, you know, many weeks ago, and uh, we've been talking about every prayer answered. And uh, this is from one of the uh, first books that I wrote 10 years ago, right? And so what I'm teaching is uh, something that the Lord gave me 10 years ago, or a little bit, you know, more, longer uh, than that, because I had to then put it in a book. But, uh, you know, we've added to it, and uh, so really it keeps evolving. You know, the, the revelation of God's Word is, is, is like, uh, it's like an onion, you know, when, it, when you peel one layer, you, you come across another one. It, I mean, it keeps, it keeps surprising me uh, what the Word of God has. And so we talked about all the different kinds of prayers that we see in Scripture according to Ephesians chapter number 6, verse 8, uh, which tells us to continuously uh, pray in the Spirit uh, with all different kinds of prayers. That's what it says in the NIV in uh, Ephesians 6, 18. It tells us that we should pray with all different kinds of prayers. And what we've realized is that uh, uh, our Heavenly Father is a God of variety, and therefore He has given us all these different ways that we can pray as we approach Him. Uh, and we also uh, discovered that prayer is not just an opportunity for us to present our grocery list before God. Uh, there was prayer before there were needs. Uh, you can pray even if you don't have any needs. Amen? Uh, prayer is for fellowship. Prayer is for relationship with our Heavenly Father. Amen. And so we looked at all the different kinds of prayers uh, building up to today. And uh, we looked at the prayer of petition. We looked at the prayer of intercession. We looked at uh, meditation. Uh, we looked at, uh, let me look here. I'll be able to remind myself. We looked at intercession. We looked at uh, uh, the prayer of agreement, right? Unity. And today we are going to look at uh, two other prayers that we see in Scripture, at least from my perspective and observation. Uh, the first one we're going to look at is what is known as the prayer of consecration. The prayer of consecration. What is the prayer of consecration? Uh, it is a prayer that you pray when you do not have anything in the Word of God that expressly tells you uh, how you should go about a situation. For example, if you get uh, five different job offers, uh, you know, all of them from different uh, organizations, different cities, uh, how do you know which one is from God and which one is going to lead you uh, to your destiny and your destination? 
uh, quicker than, you know, the other four. There's no Bible verse that tells you you should work for Vodacom, MTN, or, you know, Mercedes-Benz. You won't find that. And so what do you do? You pray what is called uh, the prayer of consecration. It is the only prayer uh, that this statement may be used. Uh, Lord, if it be your will. Amen? Because all the other different prayers, we know that the foundation of them is for you to know what the will of God is. In this one, you pray and say, Lord, if it be your will. It happened to uh, my wife and I, 2013. Uh, we got a job offer to move country and go relocate to San Diego and pastor a church there that was doing well. Uh, flourishing and thriving. And I remember when we did the interview, uh, they picked us up from the San Diego airport in a Porsche Panamera. I mean, talk about impressing a pastor from Africa. <laughs> picked me up in a Porsche Panamera, four-door Porsche, put us at the back, and I uh, felt like dignitaries took us onto this island uh, called uh, Coronado Island. We went to have lunch at the Coronado Island. Afterwards, this is the interview. Afterwards, we got on, this is way back in 2013 when they had started with the Segway things. After that, we went on a tour of the city on Segways, those little two-wheeler things that you, I mean, they go fast. We're looking at all these beautiful uh, things, and man, I'm sold. I'm ready to go, okay? And so I told my wife, hey, let's, let's pack. And my wife said, but what is the Lord saying? And so that was an opportunity for us to pray the prayer of consecration, find out exactly what the Lord is saying. In this particular instant, I was not interested in praying that prayer because I knew what Sapphira wanted. <laughs> Not what the Lord wants. Forget what the Lord wants. Amen? And uh, so this prayer, you pray. Uh, this prayer, when you don't have anything expressly said in the Word of God, you have to get, uh, some call it the presence, some call it a check in your spirit, uh, where the Holy Spirit gives you the green light to do something. Uh, you meet this uh, tall, dark, and handsome hunk, and you, you really like them. Praise the Lord. Uh, at that moment, if you're not careful, start going for dates. It may be too late to start praying this prayer when you you see you pray this prayer before you meet the hunk oh not a single amen not a single amen in the building because because yes the truth is that uh the bible says in psalm 127 it says except the lord the who the lord it says except the lord build the house they labor in vain uh that build it Except the Lord keeps the city, the watchman worketh but in vain. And so when we do our own thing, uh, the Bible says, you know, it, it becomes vain when the Lord is not in it. Amen. And this is why we need to pray uh, this prayer of consecration. Uh, it is because uh, it is not in men that walk to direct his own steps. You know, Jeremiah chapter number 10, verse 23. Jeremiah is observing a really dire situation in the nation. Things have gone uh, pear-shaped, as they say. And really, he's looking at this mess and he's thinking, how did we get ourselves here? And he came up with the answer himself in verse 23. He says, I know exactly how we got ourselves here. It is not in man that walk to direct his own steps. So every step of your life should be directed and ordered of the Lord. Amen. In fact, let's go and read it. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter number 10. And uh, let's start from verse 19. And I want to read it in the, in the Message Bible, if you will. Uh, Jeremiah chapter number 10 uh, from verse 
number 19. He says, this is Jeremiah speaking. He's looking at this situation they're in, right? He says, but it's a black day for me, hopeless, wounded. I said, why, oh, why did I think I could bear it? My house is ruined. Uh, the roof caved in. Our children are gone. We'll never see them again. I mean, this is bad, right? No one left to help in rebuilding. No one to make a new start. And then he starts to answer himself. Listen to what he says in verse 21. It's because our leaders are what? That's not me. It's the Bible. <laughs> I think it was John Maxwell. John Maxwell said this. He said, uh, everything rises and falls on leadership. I want to add to it. Everything rises and falls on the ability of leadership to hear God's instructions about life. Amen. Amen. Every single step of the way must be directed of the Lord. Can I get an amen? And so this is what Jeremiah says. He says, okay, I know exactly why. Our leaders, uh, it's because our leaders are stupid. How did he come to this conclusion? It is because they never what? They never ask God for what? For they've been doing their own thing. So the definition of stupid, according to the Bible, is not what you think stupid is. It is when we start doing our own thing. And we get God out of the equation. And he says this. He says, and so nothing worked right. The people are scattered all over. And this is what happens when we don't submit our will to the uh, superior will, that is the will of God. He has given us an internal GPS system that gives us directions on what to do uh, with regards to our lives. 90% of the people, and this is not to pick on anyone or to, you know, uh, condemn anyone, but they say this, 90% of the people that go through a divorce knew it the day they said, I do. That's what they say. They say they were standing at the altar, and as the bride was walking down there, they knew it. Because the Holy Spirit was ministering to them. And they still went ahead and did their thing. Why? Because they wanted, you know, after all, the Joneses must know that I also got married. Praise God. Can I get an amen? amen. And so I'm here to tell you that the Holy Spirit is our inner witness. That gives us direction. Amen? And we should submit to him. And when we do, we can avoid all kinds of calamity. And then it says in verse 22, But listen, something is coming. A big commotion uh, from the northern borders. Judah's towns about to be smashed, left to all the stray dogs and cats. I know, God, that mere mortals can't run their own Did y'all see that? He says, I know this. That we were not created to run our own lives. Why? Because we are not uh, uh, omniscient. We are not all-knowing. We don't know what tomorrow, tomorrow holds. Amen? But God knows. God has already gone into the future. And so, you know, it's like if you're driving to Polokwani and then you meet someone who's already, or someone gives you a call who's already gone 50 kilometers ahead of you and they tell you when you get to this mark, please slow down because there's a sharp curve and just after that sharp curve, there's a commotion, there's an accident, the road, is, and you still don't listen to those instructions. And so when we pray this prayer, really, it's not a prayer because really when we say prayer, uh, people in the church think, you know, talk, addressing God. 
particularly us, the charismatics, when we say prayer, we say let's go to pray. We think two things. Like Pastor Steve said, we think shouting at God and then shouting at the devil. So half the time we're shouting at the devil and half the time we're shouting at God. But prayer is bigger than that. Prayer is a lifestyle. We get to pray all the days of our lives. We get to pray 24-7, 365. Why? Because prayer is also listening to God. And so the majority of this prayer has to do with opening up our hearts to hear what God has to say about our lives. Amen. Amen. Why? Because it is not mere mortals can't run their own lives. Well, Pastor T, you don't know me. I, I, you know, I can run, I've been running this thing. <laughs> well, maybe that's why it's messed up. Amen? And so, we need to submit our lives uh, to God. Let's go to uh, Psalm 37, verse 23. Psalm 37, uh, verse 23. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Psalm 37, uh, verse 23. It says this. It says, the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord, right? Look at it. You can look up and, and look at this. It says, the steps of a good man are ordered by who? By the Lord. And so, God wants to be our internal GPS system. He wants to be the one that orders every step. Why? Because God wants us to be God-led. And, and, and when we are God-led, we will get to that destiny that God has for us. You know, I always ask this question. Uh, is it God-led uh, or is it just godly? How many of you know that not everything that's godly is God-led? You know, every year when we go to Design a Life, the women's conference, because it's so spectacular and it's awesome and uh, it's growing every single year, I cannot tell you the number of men that come to me and say, Pastor T, how about we have our own designer men life? Designer. <laughs> now, how many of you know that having a men's conference is godly? But the question is, is it God-led? Because I've learned that not everything that's godly is God-led. And I've learned that when it's just your idea, you get to pay the bill. When it's God's idea, he pays the bill. I've learned that through experience. And so I'm careful what I get myself involved in because my wallet is very thin. And so I watch, I'm watching myself because I know, hey, I don't have enough to carry this thing. So I only want to get involved in something that is God-led because God has already uh, put his grace on it. Amen. And so when it's God-led, none of us have to worry about taking care of the bill and, and, you know, picking up the check. Why? Because God will take care of it. God has already released his grace to carry you. You know, when we started uh, this second album... You know, I knew that it was going to cost money, but the Lord said to me, you go ahead and do that. And so we started, you know, doing that. And, uh, and uh, you know, the, the last three songs that we're going into uh, a production with, you know, we had to pay some money during this week, just this week. And I went to the Lord. I said, Lord, this is the amount of money we have to pay to work with these producers and to get these songs out and so on and so forth. And the Lord said, why don't you go ahead and pay for that? I said, but we don't have that kind of money, you know. And the Lord said, man, who told you to do this? I said, you. You, sir and he says then go ahead and pay for it and i'll pick up the check i said 
really, Lord? He said, yeah. And so we went ahead. I asked Dillian to pay. We paid for it. And now I'm standing. I'm waiting for the Lord to, you know, pay for it. Let's see. Lord, you said you're the top dog, right? Monday, nothing happened. Tuesday, nothing happened. In the spirit, it already happened. It just hadn't happened in the natural. I couldn't, you know, use spiritual money. We needed to use, you know, real money. <laughs> so I'm waiting in the natural, right? And... Uh, and on Friday, I'm going to pick up my, my dinner, you know, at the, mall, at, at, at the restaurant. And while I'm there, you know, as I'm walking out to go to my car, someone ran up to me. Hey, pastor, you know, from here, from church. Hey, pastor. Hey, I just wanted to let you know that I, I've paid uh, 40000 towards the, the music uh, CD album. Man, I repented. If, if there was ashes and sackcloth. I would have repented in ashes and sackcloth for doubting God. Uh, but because we were right at the center of God's will, God made a way. And God, listen, when God tells you to go, he will pay for it. Amen. And so what we should do is seek for what's God led and not just what's godly. Just because it's godly doesn't mean it's God led. Let's go to Acts chapter number 13 verse 2. Go and do what has grace on it. In fact, before we go to Acts, let's go to Proverbs 19, verse 21. Proverbs 19, verse 21. Thank you, Jesus. Proverbs 19, <coughs> verse 21. This is what it says. He says there are many plans, some of them good, godly plans, right? There are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, someone say nevertheless. nevertheless. This is the kicker. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel, that will stand. In other words, it is God's plan that will stand. It is God's plan that will prevail. Amen. If it's not in, in, in God's plan, it doesn't matter how good it looks. You're on your own. Amen. Let's go to Acts 13 verse 2. Get on what God is doing, and you will get some results. Thank you, Jesus. Acts chapter number 13, verse 2. Uh, uh, Brother Q was talking about this from Matthew 6, right? Prayer and fasting. It says this, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, you don't fast uh, to move God. God has already moved by grace. You fast. Uh, to uh, make yourself spiritually sensitive to what God is saying. And so in praying the prayer of consecration, one of the things you do is you, you, you fast so that you can hear the instructions clearly. So fasting doesn't move God. You know, uh, a lot of the church has used fasting as, an, as a manipulation tool. You know, they go before God, Lord, I'm so desperate for this thing. Uh, look, I'm even fasting. I'm willing to stop eating the whole day. No, and they expect God to move. They say there's a fasting that moves God. No, God has already moved by grace. And so when we fast, why do we fast? We fast so that we can make our hearts sensitive uh, spiritually to what God is doing and what God is uh, uh, trying to get us to do, where God is leading us. When we fast, we get to hear those instructions clearly. And so this
This is why here it says, as they fasted, as they ministered to the Lord and they fasted, the Holy Spirit said unto them, now they could hear clearly what the Holy Spirit is saying. And he said, this is what the Holy Spirit said to them. Now separate to me Barnabas and Paul for the work to which I have called them. And so we know that Saul and Barnabas, they prayed for them and they released them uh, to go and do what God was calling them to do in this season. Why? Because it was God-led. It was not just a godly uh, idea. It was something that God was actually leading them and taking them in that direction. Amen. And so this is very important uh, for us to realize uh, as a church, as believers, that we will do way better uh, when we submit ourselves to the directions of the Lord than when we do our own thing. Amen. I said amen. And so uh, that's the prayer of consecration. And we're going to go quickly now and look at uh, another prayer. Uh, and this we call praying in tongues, right? Praying in tongues. And uh, what is praying in tongues? And that's what we're going to be looking at. So quickly, let's go to Acts chapter number 2 uh, from verse 4 to 6. Acts chapter number 2 uh, from verse 4 to 6. Just because uh, an opportunity looks great uh, doesn't mean you should, uh, you know, just run and uh, embrace it. Uh, you must always check with God uh, to see if that opportunity is for you. Amen. If, if you must check to see if God is calling you to move in that direction. Some of the most awesome, you know, outward looking opportunities are just not for you. Uh, because, you know, it, it, it may look, it, they say, you know, the grass next door is green. Man, they spray painted them suckers. <laughs> it's only after you've left your house, as you get there, you try to rub on them things, you realize, oh, this was just, <laughs> this was just paint. So make sure, man, this is powerful. Make sure you ask God. I always do this. I always want to know. What is the Lord saying? And sometimes I don't do it, you know, well enough. And I realize halfway through that, man, this was just my own idea. And one of the ways you know is it starts to get expensive. It starts to get really expensive. It starts to get costly. Then you know this one. I remember many years ago, you know, uh, I decided I was going to get a car. It was a car, you know, above my weight class. You know, I was punching above my weight class, so I went and I took this thing uh, on credit. Uh, I mean, this thing was eating my breakfast money, lunch money, dinner money, and the snacks. It was eating everything. And, uh, you know, here I am coming to church, and they're preaching about prosperity. And the Lord had blessed me with a job, blessed me with a good job. I was just dumb, you know, in, in my decision-making. I didn't ask the Holy Spirit uh, what to do with regards to buying a car. I went to an auction, and, uh, you know, uh, they, they, they had this beautiful car. It was a really nice car, but it was just not... Uh, 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 it had so many things that were wrong with the car. <laughs> So many things were wrong with the car. That thing would misfire in the, in, in the highway. On the highway, I'm driving, and it would all of a sudden just pow, make a loud bang, and everyone is ducking because they think, they think it's guns, and I'm holding on to this thing. Hallelujah. And the Lord is saying to me, no, this is not the blessing. I'm saying, Lord, this is the blessing. And I'm at the mechanic every other week, you know, trying to fix this thing. 
I could have just listened, prayer of consecration, Lord, which direction should I go? And the Lord would have led me uh, in a direction that would have helped me long term. Amen? Thank God I listened, but it was after much suffering and uh, much pain. So when you, when you do it proactively and not reactively, listen to the Holy Spirit before you make a move and he'll show you. And so we're talking about uh, praying in tongues, right? And it says in Acts chapter number 2, uh, verse 4 to 6, uh, he's talking about the, the disciples. There are diff three different uh, tongues that we see in Scripture. One of them is this, uh, Acts chapter number 2 from verse 4 to 6. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And um, it says in verse uh, 6, it says, Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and they were confounded because that every man heard them uh, speak in his own language. And so the first tongue that we see uh, in Acts chapter number 2 is a supernatural gift of uh, speaking languages that have not been previously learned by any natural means. So, you, you know, you could find yourself in China, you haven't learned Mandarin, but in the spare of the moment, it's a supernatural thing. This is not just an affinity towards languages. He's talking about a supernatural gift of speaking something that you have never uh, uh, been able to speak in your own natural ability. And so the Holy Spirit will come on you and he will give you utterance. Now, the Holy Spirit doesn't uh, uh, speak through you. He doesn't possess you he's not a demon right but he gives you inspiration he gives you utterance and you get to do the talking and the first one here is just a supernatural gift of speaking uh, languages that have not yet been uh, previously learned by natural means the second one we see uh, in first Corinthians chapter number 14 and I am really just uh, uh, you know summarizing here because of time the second one we see is where people uh, uh, come to a gathering like this and you pray in tongues and the, the Bible says the Apostle Paul, he says somebody else must get up and, uh, and uh, uh, translate, right? Uh, what was said in tongues in English so that it can minister to the people because many, you know, the people will not get anything out of it if you just get up here and you speak in tongues. Then the third one that I want to talk about is what's called praying in tongues to which the Bible says in Jude chapter number 1 verse 20 he says, Beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. If you look up uh, that phrase, praying in the Holy Ghost, he's talking about praying in other diverse tongues. And he says when you pray in tongues, one of the things you get out of it is you, 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 you building yourself up in the most holy faith. So praying in tongues gives you strength. Amen. Now, you may, you may, you may be uh, uh, one of the intellectuals that say, man, I don't understand that stuff. The Apostle Paul dealt with that. So let's go to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter number 14, verse 2. 1 Corinthians chapter number uh, uh, 14, verse 2. Praying in tongues is, uh, is, is, is the biggest DIY. Do it yourself. Anybody ever heard do it yourself? You know, it's the biggest DIY manual uh, for Blue Mondays. Amen. When you feel like, you know, you, you can't face another day, man, start praying in tongues. It gives you strength. He says, building yourself up in the most holy faith, uh, praying in other tongues. This is what he says in uh, 1 Corinthians 14, uh, verse 2. In fact, let's start in verse 1. Because the Apostle Paul says something very powerful about not being ignorant about these things. He says uh, in, in, in verse 1, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. Desire these things, but especially that you may prophesy. Next verse. 
For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to man. So he introduces another tongue here, which is completely different. The first two uh, tongues, you are actually addressing man. The first one is speaking in a uh, language that has not been previously learned by natural means, uh, supernaturally, so you can minister to man. The second one, you pray in tongues, somebody else gets up and interprets so that you can minister to man. The third one, here he says, he who speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto man. So he's talking about speaking to who? To God, and that qualifies it as prayer. Amen? He says this one uh, speaks not to man, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. And this is powerful. The Apostle Paul is dealing with so much here. He says, uh, first of all, when you're praying in tongues, in this heavenly language, you're not speaking to man. And so man should not seek to understand you. Because you are not talking to them anyway. I call this prayer the Nanya prayer. Someone say Nanya what? Nanya business. <laughs> Amen. When I'm praying in tongues... It's not your business. Hey, stop that tongue stuff. We don't, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to God. Amen. Amen. But he says something. He says, how be it? He speaks mysteries. And if you look up that word mysteries, it's the Greek word mysterions. And uh, this is a powerful word because in the olden times, you know, uh, war strategy, what they would do with mysterions is they wouldn't give the entire uh, strategy to one man. Uh, otherwise, if that person is caught, then they would give up the entire strategy to the enemy. And so what they would do is they would just give you a piece of the puzzle uh, for your understanding, just a glimpse. That's what prophecy is. It just gives you a piece of the puzzle, but the majority you didn't know it was cryptic, uh, but you knew that there was a strategy. And when you pray in tongues, sometimes God does that with us. He gets us to pray in tongues because he wants us to pray his strategy, which is far beyond our comprehension. And the reason he does that is so that when we are tempted to doubt, we can't doubt that strategy because we didn't even know about it. Amen. I mean, if God told some of us in plain English the plans that he has for us for next year, I mean, we, he, hey, listen, the plan won't even have to wait for the devil to come sabotage it. Sometimes we will do it ourselves. And so how does God got you to pray for things that are beyond you without your understanding so that he can accomplish them in the spiritual realm and so that you can give him the right because what prayer does at this level is it gives god the right to uh, uh function in your life that's why this is what prayer does it gives god the authority god doesn't force himself on the earth somebody has to pray his will into the earth it is his will but somebody has to pray it. think about it somebody has to pray it into existence in the earth realm because that's how God made the system. When Jesus saw uh, that they were uh, scattered around, you know, walking around as a, a sheep with no shepherd, he said to his disciples, uh, why don't you pray that the Lord of the harvest will send what? Laborers. Into, it's his harvest. What, what does I have to do with me praying? So that I can give God access to function and the right to function into the earth realm. Otherwise, there's no need for prayer. 
Amen. And so how does God get you to pray uh, for that, uh, uh, for your child? Uh, how does God get you to start praying uh, for them to make it to Harvard? He gets you to start praying it in tongues. You don't even know what you're praying. He knows if you asked you to pray for it in English, you'd look back to your family tree first. You look back to your bank account second. And by the time you, you're getting ready to pray, you have all the energy sapped out of you. And so how does God get you to pray for things that are beyond your understanding? Things that are way powerful, way bigger than your peanut brain. How does God get you to pray for those things? He gets you to do it by praying in the Spirit. And this is why the Apostle Paul, further on in the Scripture, he says, I thank God that I pray in tongues more than all of you put together. In fact, let's read it. Let's go to uh, verse 18. 1 Corinthians chapter number 14, uh, verse 18. I want to read it in the Amplified. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> he says this. Look up. You can read this on the, on the screen. He says, I thank God that I speak in strange tongues, languages, more than any of you or all of you put together. So the Apostle Paul, I mean, he's talking to a church at Corinth who were firing in all spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts were not their problem. Just order was their problem. And the Apostle Paul says, man, I thank God that I pray in tongues more than all of you put together. And so if the Apostle Paul who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, prayed in tongues more than the entire church of Corinth put together, if he found it necessary to pray in tongues, man, I'm telling you, we should be praying in tongues all the time. Amen? Amen? Because there's power uh, in praying in tongues. You can get the benefit that God wants you to receive uh, from, from praying in tongues. And so if you continue reading uh, from uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 4, uh, verse 4, right? Which says, he that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. 1 Corinthians 14 uh, verse 4, he says, he that speaks in an unknown tongue, what does he do? He edifies himself, he builds himself up. He that prophesies edifies the church. The, just that statement, that, that verse edifies himself, that, that statement, if you're reading in a real physical Bible, you look at the footnotes, you'll realize that the Apostle Paul is quoting from Isaiah 28. And what does he say in Isaiah 28? Again, Isaiah speaks in, in a, a, a cryptic, prophetic language. He says this about praying in, in, in tongues, and the Apostle Apostle Paul is quoting that. This is what Isaiah said about edifying ourselves by praying in tongues. He says, For with stammering leaks and another tongue will he or will you speak to these people to whom he said, This is the rest. What? Tongues. This is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. This is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. And so one of the other things that tongues do is it brings a refreshing. It brings a rest to the person who's praying in tongues. Now, you know, I remember uh, thinking about it, and I, I started going to the charismatic church, and I thought they were all crazy praying in tongues. And I said, Lord, you know, this is wild. I don't, I'm never, ever going to go back to that place because I don't want this stuff happening to me. Well, let me tell you, if you are like me then, and uh, you're not keen on this stuff, don't worry about it. God is not going to force it on you. God has never forced anything on anybody. 
All I'm doing is showing you the benefits of praying in tongues uh, so that if you see any benefit out of it, you can say, Lord, I'm going to believe you for it. And God will begin to superimpose, uh, give you that gift and you can begin to function in it. Amen. I said amen. amen. And so uh, uh, one of the benefits that we see as we close is in Romans chapter number 8 verse 26. It says likewise the spirit also helps our infirmities. That word infirmity there is not talking about sin. It's talking about weaknesses. It's talking about limitations. He says the spirit helps our limitations for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. So he's saying man we don't know exactly what we should be praying for like we should. And because of that, this is why we need the Spirit to help in our infirmities, in our weaknesses. Because we don't know exactly what we should be praying for and at what point we should be praying for. And so what does God do? God gets us to pray for the things that need somebody to pray for them in the earth in a heavenly language inspired by the Holy Spirit. Man, when you are at work and you drop off your kid at uh, school and they are facing uh, danger because they're playing on the uh, monkey bars and so on and so forth, and you don't know you should be praying for them, right? You don't know you should be interceding unless you're omniscient, all-knowing. Most of us aren't. All of us are not. And so how does God get you to pray for that so that someone can help them, someone can uh, be sent, angels can be uh, loosed to go and protect them? When your uh, uh, friend, your family member is driving on the highway and something crazy is about to happen you don't know that but god can get someone in the earth realm to begin to intercede and pray for them so that 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 can be stopped how does he get people to do that he gets us to do it through praying in an unknown tongue praying in 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 this heavenly language he says but the spirit itself maketh intercession or stands in the gap we talked about intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered or with groanings that cannot be spelled out in, a, in an articulate uh, uh, language. And so praying in tongues also helps you to intercede on behalf of the nations, on behalf of the people out there. And this is why it's very important uh, for us to understand the why behind all of these things. And so I've given you three different whys. You know, the, the first one being... You edify yourself. The second one being, man, this is where we find rest. The third one being, this is where we can intercede uh, for the things that are beyond our scope, our, our scope of understanding. And man, these are glorious benefits that God has given us with this gift of praying in tongues. And the enemy, I mean, the Three things that the enemy wants to uh, uh, just come against in the body of Christ. One of them is praying in tongues. Why? Because it's powerful. The things that he likes to come against is where the power is at. One of them is, uh, is praying in tongues. The other one is uh, a healing. You know, the enemy says healing, you know, passed away with the apostles and he uh, puts it in there with a doctrine that confuses people. The third one is, is uh, prosperity. The enemy doesn't want people to prosper because then he can stop you from being a blessing to other people out there. But right there at the top one of the things if you want to get criticism man start teaching about uh praying in other tongues because the enemy does not want people to get the benefit out of it amen, amen. man this is a powerful tool that god has given to the church and once you receive that gift some may say well pastor T, what if i ask for tongues and then i get tongues of the devil the bible tells us you know if we ask god 
for a gift, you will give us exactly that. He says, you being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. None of you will give a stone when a child asks you for bread. None of you will give a, a snake when a child asks you for, for, for fish. None of you will give a scorpion when a, a child asks you for what? For, 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 for an egg. He says you will give them the exact same thing that they asked for. And then he turns around and says, You being evil, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And so when you ask for a gift of the Spirit, what makes you think God will give you a gift of the devil? God says if you ask for a gift of the Spirit, he will give you a gift of the Spirit. Amen. I said amen. And so we're going to do some asking today for those who have not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you go to Acts uh, chapter number 17 and also Acts chapter number 19, you know, the Apostle Paul comes across these uh, disciples uh, who had uh, been born again and he asked them this question in verse 2. He says, when you got born again, did you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? They said, we haven't even been taught about the Holy Spirit. We don't even know about this thing called the Holy Spirit. And he says, well, what then were you baptized into? And he went on to teach them what the benefits they are about receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit and they laid their hands on them and these disciples received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of praying in other tongues they started flowing in the gifts of the Holy Spirit started prophesying and things of that nature and man it was a powerful experience that radically uh, uh, changed their lives they moved from just being natural normal Christians to prophesying uh, gift flowing uh, uh, inspired by the Holy Spirit Christians. And I believe this is where God is taking the church in this season. God wants all of us to function in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Why don't you stand on your feet? We're going to pray. Thank you, Jesus. And so if you are here and you're saying, hey, Pastor T, I heard what you taught about, you know, this baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, I want to receive this baptism of the Holy Spirit. But the first part of call is, you know, you, you must be born again for you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so before we, we pray for that, we want to just make an invitation, a call uh, for those who have not yet received uh, a Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. If you are here and you're saying, hey, I want to get born again, it's easy. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter number 10, uh, verse 9 onwards, that if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and that he died and that on the third day he was raised again from the dead and that he's seated at the right hand of the Father and he is coming back again. If you believe that in your heart, man, the Bible says you shall be saved. Believe it and confess it with your mouth you shall be saved. And so that's the invitation we want to make uh, this morning, every eye closed and every head bowed. Uh, we want to make that invitation. If you are here and you are that person, I'm going to ask you to just uh, lift your hand wherever you are and we will pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. We're all born again, going once, going twice, and gone. And now, if you are here and you have not had this opportunity to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of praying in other tongues, it's never been a reality to you, we want to pray for you. But before I pray for you, let me just explain a few things. Uh, you know, when the Holy Spirit uh, uh, comes and He baptizes you, the feeling of the Holy Spirit, right? Uh, uh, he's not going to force Himself on your faculties he's not going to force himself i used to think that praying in other tongues was like throwing up you know 
you just can't help it it's like oh man it's just coming out no uh, the Holy Spirit doesn't force you like that. Uh, uh, the Holy Spirit, what it does is it gives you inspiration. And as he gives you inspiration, you are the one that gets to do the talking. And from the day that you receive, it becomes a green light every single day from the Holy Spirit. Amen? And so if that's you, uh, you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, today is your day. And we want to pray with you. And I'm going to ask you to lift your hand wherever you are. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Going once, going twice, and gone. It feels like all of us have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of praying with other tongues. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. For about a minute, why don't you begin to just pray in the Holy Ghost right now? Thank you, Father. Mambre, shikarabo, kosendere, mambrondogo, siteria, masha. Thank you, Jesus. Shikaramoko simbrendege jeterebo kosondoro moshia. Mandaraboko siteriamaka sandaraboshera. Sikerebo kosondoro bokose. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Man, I remember a few years ago, uh, my wife and I had uh, this project that we were working on, and it was just taking, you know, uh, long unnecessarily. And I remember I was driving at the time to go uh, visit a mine in Botswana. You know, we were uh, going for a business meeting there, and so I was driving alone in the car. And I just felt an unction on the inside of me to start praying in tongues. And as I was praying in tongues, and I prayed in tongues literally all the way from here, driving all the way to when I arrived at my hotel uh, in Botswana. And as I was checking in, my wife called me and she said, those people have called us. Uh, those papers have been released. The thing has been approved, certified. <clears throat> and we received it in that very day. And I believe that uh, praying in tongues can also be a form of intercession. Man, whenever you're feeling frustrated about delays in life, I'm talking to someone right now, whenever you feel frustrated, instead of just dwelling in that frustration, man, start to pray in tongues. Start to uh, pray in your heavenly language. I don't know exactly what those tongues did, but I know they did something. Amen? I know someone who needed to go somewhere uh, was sent to go somewhere, and I know someone who needed to pick up a pen and sign something was inspired to do so. And I'm telling you, man, when you start to take advantage of all these different tools that God has given us as the church, man, it's amazing. Life becomes so much better. It's just a breeze. It's awesome. Amen. He has given us so much ammunition to counter the attacks of the devil. And it's time that we start using them. Hallelujah. And as we use them, man, I'm telling you, there's victory. And victory is yours. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you. Lord, we just thank you for this awesome gift of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for the indwelling of this Spirit, uh, that the Holy Spirit can lead, guide, and direct every single step of the way. We thank you, Father, and we give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, we pray. And someone shout, Amen. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.
That's who 